Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Flea Flicker. I'm your host, John Murray, and uh, certainly, um, as I do on most, on top of my podcast, I would like to um, say for those uh, first-time viewers who are listening to this podcast, I want to say thank you for joining me, and I hope you uh, come on back, and again, for those viewers who have been with me from day one, I want to continue to say thank you, and Hope you do all again as well. Continue to come on back. Um, now, you know, the viewers that I have lucky my viewership has grown a little bit. I do have, like I said, I have viewers here, maybe all of the US of A, um, can, Canada. I've had a few viewers, uh, some viewers from Thailand, you know, United Kingdom, and I do, um, and I certainly do uh, thank you, and I do appreciate you for uh, listening to the uh, podcast. Um, it appears it appears we have a lot a lot to discuss. A lot has been going on here um, in the uh, world of football here today. Uh, let's not waste any time. Let's jump right into it. I guess the biggest news of the day thus far is the trade between the Denver Broncos and the Seattle Seahawks. As now the Denver Broncos finally have got themselves a quarterback in one Russell Wilson. Now, supposedly the word on the street was that uh, that the Seattle Seahawks were not very interested in trading Russell Wilson. He was going to stay put. Well, evidently, Pete Carroll, John Shire must have had some kind of talks with other teams. Either that or teams have been calling them, wanting to know what it would take to get one Russell Wilson. Well, I guess the answer, yes, we found the answer, and the Denver Broncos gave them that answer. I believe the, the word, I believe the word is they, the Denver Broncos had to give up two first-round draft picks, I think, two this year and next year's draft, two second-round picks, I believe, and one in this year's draft, next year's draft, and I believe it's a fifth-rounder, I believe, might be in this year's draft in exchange for... Russell Wilson and a fourth round pick going back to see goes back to Seattle. Now I believe there are some players that were involved in this deal as well. Um, former uh, former top quarterback for the Broncos, Drew Locke, has been traded in the process along along with the defensive lineman and I believe Noah Fant, if I'm not mistaken, also got got traded. Now. Seattle did need did need a tight end. Now, from some experts, and I have, I hadn't really listened to a lot of experts and what they really said, but I have read bits and pieces from myself, Twitter. Uh, some believe that the Denver Broncos stole that one from the Seattle Seahawks. Now, let's be honest with you, and as as Denver fans know, they have not had a quarterback since Peyton Manning retired. They've gone through the Drew Locks, the Teddy Bridgewaters. Whereas, you know, I mean, they went through a few quarterbacks, certainly, but they could not get the right guy. Well, now it appears they've got the right guy, Russell Wilson. And Denver, certainly, with this deal, they are poised to make a run at the AFC West. And the AFC West is a tough division. We all know that. You got to think about it. I mean, you've got the Kansas, the Kansas City Chiefs are in the division. Super Bowl chance a few years ago, went back to the Super Bowl, went to an AFC Championship game. So Kansas City 
tough to the Chargers or nothing coming back. Uh, the guy like J Justin Herbert was going to his third season. And now news coming out of uh, L.A. is that the Chargers have re-signed Mike Williams, who was going to be a free agent. Three-year deal, I believe it was like $60 million. I have to go back and check the demographics off of that and check the... But they did re-sign Mike Williams. Mike Williams had a good year this past year. So now Mike Williams has returned. The weapons are still intact for Justin Herbert and the Chargers. And then you got the Raiders. New court, new court, new coach, Josh McDaniels. Derek Carr is still there. Now, it's kind of it's kind of an odd thing, you know. Um, like I said, in my last podcast, uh, Washington has about the services of Russell Wilson, and they turned them down. They turned them down. But now they went to Denver. They went, but Denver has them now. You don't know. You don't know the specifics. I don't know really the true specifics of the deal from Washington, Seattle. I know there were some first-round draft picks that were discussed. But you have to wonder. I said, but you have to really wonder, did Seattle want Russell Wilson to stay in the NFC? You know, some teams are like that. Some teams do not want their... They do not want them to be in the same, you know, conference or same division, whatever the case may be. So they want to get rid of that get rid of that person, get that person out of town. And certainly they don't want them in the division. They want to get them far, far away as possible. Well, obviously, mission accomplished. And I'm sure the Denver faithful, I mean, you had some people on, um, I believe, when did see the Jerry Judy. He has a Twitter account. He is uh, he is excited. I believe Cortland Sutton, I believe he is has a Twitter account. He is excited as well. And Denver fans should be. Now, whether I think it's a steal or not, Denver did the right thing. Denver had to do something because they needed a quarterback to move to the, get to that next level. And Russell Wilson certainly gives them a chance to get to the possible next level. Denver's got a, a solid defense. You got Russell Wilson now. Good receiving core. You got Javante Williams, who is going to his second year, is a, a good young running back. There's some discussions that Melvin Gordon could return to Denver and go back to that one-two punch. That would be nice. So the pieces are in place for Denver to make a run. Certainly at the, at the, at the uh, not only the division title, but the AFC crown, even if it's a Super Bowl bid, Denver's going to be a tough team to beat this, this coming season. No doubt about that. But I'm interested to see how Russell Wilson will get along with Sutton, the Judys, KJ Hammers, and Tim Patrick. I'm curious to see how the chemistry will build. Now, for the Seattle Seahawks faithful, you lose Russell Wilson. And let's be honest with you, it hurts because it hurts badly because now your quarterback situation goes from Drew Locke to Geno Smith, and I believe you got Jacob Eason, former University of Georgia quarterback, who went on to the University of Washington. Yes. So, certainly you go from having one of the better quarterbacks in this league to having a quarterback situation that's going to be in flux. And it hurts. Seattle's offense line, it's not the best in the world at times. The running game right now, Rashard Penny is a free agent, but he was your best running back down the stretch. 
Chris Carlson, who's been an, who's been an underrated player, but he's got neck issues. And you don't know how severe how, how bad how severe his neck injuries are if they're going to keep him out longer, or it could be career ending. But nobody knows. Now, I love it. Now, to be honest with you, you do have Metcalf, you got Lockett. I do like Noah Fant with them, but after but that thing is, you don't have yeah, the defense. The defense struggled last year, and now the word is out of Seattle that they're looking. I don't think they've officially released him yet. Bobby Wagner is going to be released here very soon, and Wagner is one of you know. Has been a good linebacker in this league for many, many years. Now he's 32. He's had some, he might have been dinged up a little bit, but certainly, and some people say that Wagner could re sign with Seattle. And to be honest with you, I'm sure there's plenty of teams in the NFL that want a guy like a services of Bobby Wagner. I don't really see Bobby Wagner return to Seattle. I think Bobby's going to go to a team that is playoff ready. That could take it to the next level. And I'm sure there's plenty of teams, there's many teams that would love to have Bobby Wagner services. And even though Seattle came out has been coming out and saying we're not rebuilding, well, the fortune seems like seems like to me that Seattle is rebuilding. Because now you have to rely on Drew Locke, Geno Smith, and Jacob Eason. Now I'm assuming as of right now, I'm going to assume that Drew Locke and probably Geno Smith will bow out for the starting job. Now, unless Seattle goes out and drafts a quarterback for the future, that possibility does exist. And I know for I know for fantasy football fans, I know I know uh, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf stock takes a huge heat, huge huge hit because. Russell Wilson not throwing the ball anymore. Then again, you look at Russell Wilson, his stock, his stock will probably stay stay the same, but that could be Sutton's stock, Judy's stock. Maybe some people might look at Tim Patrick as a late, 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 late round draft pick. So for those receivers in Denver, their stock may go up a little bit. And who knows? Javante Williams, a lot of people are looking hard at next year's fantasy draft. I believe his stock is still there. Now, if they did not re-sign Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams' stock would be very high. Now, if Melvin Gordon comes back, it might dip a little bit, but he's still a guy that people are going to want to draft. But the crazy world of football, Denver has finally, finally got their man. And now the pressure goes on Russell Wilson. It goes on the Denver Broncos. They've got to now step up their game. They've got to go out here and prove that they are a team to be reckoned with in the AFC. Now, granted, there's a lot of people still got Kansas City. I like the Chargers. The Raiders. Now, the Raiders made the playoffs last year. You got to look at the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills, in some people's eyes, next to maybe Kansas City, might be the second best team in the AFC. The Baltimore Ravens should rebound. 
your running backs will be your running back, your top three running backs will be back. Lamar Jackson should be back. As some people say, what about the Cleveland Browns? Cleveland still has a good running game. Baker Mayfield will be healthy, but how much do you trust on Baker Mayfield? And yes, I know before the Cincinnati Bengals fans jumped my case. Yes, the Bengals are somewhat in, are in contention. Then you gotta look at the Tennessee Titans. Derrick Henry's Derrick Henry's coming back. But the thing is, the pressure's all on Denver. You got your quarterback. But now you've got to step up your game. The pressure's on you now. You've got a new head coach. The head coach has got a good solid quarterback. A good a team that could be a contender. For the next couple of years. Now granted Russell Wilson is not a spring chicken by any stretch of the imagination. I believe Russell's what, thirty two now, I believe. Russell's still got a few years left in a few years left in him. Certainly. But right now, like I said, the pressure's on Denver. Now Seattle. Right now, if you look at the division, the top two teams are the Rams and the 49ers. The Cardinals have got their situation. I said that thing, but 90% of their offense seems to be gone. Grant still got Kyler Murray. And maybe D-Hop. But what else do the rest of the offense has? So right now, the Rams and the 49ers are pretty much the big dogs in that division. Seattle, I tell Seattle fans this, I, I guarantee you guys right now are thinking our season's over before it starts. Our team is not going to do much this coming season. And you might have a very valid argument. Your offense, you've got a couple, you've got a couple of solid receivers. you got decent tight ends coming over. But other than that, you're stuck. You don't have much else. You don't have a quarterback. Unless Drew Locke or Geno Smith can somehow, some way, shape, or form play well enough. But then again, they're not Russell Wilson. Russell was a pellet of the community. He was an MVP type candidate every almost seemed like almost every single year. A guy like Russell Wilson would be hard to replace in Seattle. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, I hate to tell the Seattle fans, it's rebuilding mode. And trust me, being a Cincinnati Bengal fan, it seems like they're rebuilding every single year for for the last 10, 15 years or so. But unfortunately, Seattle's in rebuilding mode. Whereas Denver is in the, hey, we got to get somehow find some way, shape, or form to get back to the Super Bowl. Because we haven't been there since Peyton Manning retired. You go from John Elway, long, long, long time. You get Peyton Manning, a little bit of a stretch. And now you got Russell Wilson. So Denver fans, they're hoping that Russell Wilson stays there until the end of his career. Denver has talent. Denver's going to be a force for reckoning to the AMC, a- AFC. I don't doubt that a bit. 
Russell Wilson is certainly a key ingredient as to why they could be one of the better teams in the NC this year. They still got to get past Kansas City. They still got to get past Buffalo. They got to get past Tennessee Titans. They got to get past the reigning and defending AFC champions, Cincinnati Bengals. The Baltimore Ravens. There are a lot of top, top teams in that division and conference. Now it's time for Denver to ask his able to phrase, put up or shut up. You got your quarterback. You sacrificed a lot to get him, but for a guy like Russell Wilson, you were going to have to sacrifice a lot anyway. And now, the quarterbacks in the free agency that people wanted to get, well now, the list gets shorter and shorter. And unfortunately, Devin didn't get their man Aaron Rodgers, which we will discuss shortly. But they got a pretty good quarterback and one Russell Wilson. Now, does Seattle? I don't know. I don't, to me, Geno Smith is what he is. He's a backup. I don't think Jacob, Jacob Eason, I don't think Jacob, I don't know if Jacob would even make the Seattle Seahawks roster. He may wind up going back to the practice squad or something like that. To me, I think it comes down to Locke or it comes down to Geno Smith. To be honest with you, I wouldn't be shocked if Drew Locke ends up being the starting starting quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks beginning of next season. But Drew, but Drew, Drew has not shown anything yet. To be honest, the experts, scouts, general managers, that need to do the job. So which leads me to believe there's going to be a quarterback drafted in this year's draft for the Seattle Seahawks. But you got to wonder they get a chance to get a guy I don't know. You have to look and see what they can get in this year's draft. But we'll see what happens. You got Kelly Pickett, Willis, who are your top two guys in this year's draft? Or do the Seattle Seahawks wait? Maybe they got maybe they gamble on uh Sam Howard from uh North Carolina. Do they wait and gamble on him? You never know what the Seattle Brass is thinking. Now, Pete Carroll and John Shine have done a great job for many, many years in the Seattle Seahawks putting together a solid core. Well, so you gotta remember, at one point, wasn't that long ago, you had the Legion of Boom. And you had Russell Wilson. And that team did win the Super Bowl. But they're far away from the Super Bowl days. And they had to rebuild them. Russell Wilson's gone. Bobby Wagner's out, out has about to be out the door. If he isn't out the door already. But like I said, for the Denver Bronco fans, congratulations. You got you a, a very good quarterback. And now we'll see if how much of an adjusting period that Russell Wilson's gonna have. When he gets there, will he have good connection with his receivers? He's got a talented receiving core. He's got four Pretty decent receivers they can throw the ball to. They'll have better weapons. They'll have a better offensive line. The running game. It depends. Running game. You might have a slightly better running game. Maybe. But we'll see. Like I said, Denver fans. Pressure's on you. 
because he's only a first year coach. Nathaniel Hackett. Pressure's on Russell Wilson because he's got one job he can't even do. Very simply put, he has got to get the Denver Broncos somehow into the playoffs and at least get as far as to maybe possibly the AFC Championship game at least. At least I feel that's what he's got to do in his first year. I don't think they'll make the Super Bowl. I still think Kansas City could have a chance. I still think Buffalo is still going to be a contender. You got to look at it from two perspectives. Denver, this is hit or miss. They got to frown all the cylinders and see how they approach as well. Our best days are behind us. Let's rebuild. Let's rebuild for the future. And again, no football team or football fan base wants to hear that word rebuild because some teams have been rebuilding for years upon years upon years and Pete Carroll Pete Carroll's not getting no younger I wouldn't be surprised at the I wouldn't be surprised at the end of the year at the end of this coming season Pete sets aside and says you know what I've had enough I've done wonders for the Seattle football team I got they won a Super Bowl championship under me and Pete can't deny that Pete's got as a national championship and a Super Bowl championship not too many coaches can say that but Pete can say that but like I said I wouldn't be surprised if Pete ends up being being gone by the end of next season I just got a feeling this is going to be his last because Pete knows he's going to be in rebuilding mode. He doesn't have Russell Wilson to rise as quarterback anymore. He doesn't have the Legion of Boom anymore. But we'll see. Again, my hat's off to Denver. You got your quarterback in Seattle. Good luck to you. It could very well be a tough, tough, tough year. Now let's talk about the, I guess, maybe the second biggest news today. Well, some people may say it might be the first biggest. Depends on depends on your definition. And it seems like Green Bay Packers are going to keep their man and want Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has agreed to stay with the Green Bay Packers. Now, Aaron has now signed a deal. I believe it's what, what is it going to be like four years, two hundred million dollars, one hundred fifty of that is guaranteed. Now, it, to me. Green Bay was kind of backed in the corner because let's be honest with you. Green Bay's got a better chance of being a winning football team with Aaron Rodgers in the building than he would with Jordan Love. And you don't think Aaron Rodgers knows that. You don't think the Green Bay fan base knows that. You don't think management knows that. Yes, they do that. They know. Aaron had him hanging over a barrel. If management really had that much confidence in Jordan Love, they would have told Aaron, Aaron, hit the bricks, nice normal, you're gone. See, that was the one luxury. Because back then when Brett Favre, Brett Favre wanted to stay around, Green Bay management told Brett, Brett, we don't need you because we feel this guy right here, Aaron Rodgers, can, we can replace you. And it was the right move, certainly the right call. 
Here's a man's one four with four MVPs. Well, evidently made that call right. Now he's back in Green Bay. He's gonna be there for what all four years. So if he if he plays out his contract, he'll be about forty two years old. Aaron Rodgers will be. Now the last couple of years he's he's a he's going back to back MVPs now. Not saying Aaron Rodgers, he can, who knows, for all we know, he can win a third straight MVP this year. But we'll see about that. But with Green Bay, as Green Bay says, this is the time. And Green Bay, they've been two NFC Championship games, failed. They made the playoffs last year, got bounced, got bounced out. Now, we all know, like I've said, Aaron Rodgers is they were without Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay is probably a five hundred team. Then again, they might not even be a five hundred team. But he's back. Now, again, the word on the street is that a franchise tag has been slapped on Devontae Adams. He will not be leaving Green Bay, at least for this year. They're working on trying to get Devontae in back to the team, try to work out a contract. Now, to me, that's going to be a lot of, you, you've got Aaron, you put all this money into Aaron Rodgers, now you're trying your best to figure out a way to get Devontae Adams to sign a long-term contract. And that's going to be a lot of maneuvering for the Green Bay Packers. Because that being said, you're going to lose some key pieces on your defense, Certainly. But getting Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams back, that's important because they lost both of those players. That offense wouldn't look like much. But now they're back. You've got the four-time MVP. you got an offensive line if it can stay healthy, and that's been an issue with the Green Bay Packers offensive line. Just staying healthy does not have an offensive line. you got maybe a 1A and 1B in A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. Dante, Vontae Adams is back. You got Devontae. But the biggest question mark is the number two receiving spot has always been a problem for the Green Bay Packers. Now, I know Scanlon, I believe he is uh, he's a free agent. I believe I don't see him being back with Green Bay. Somebody out there might pay a little bit extra money to have his services. Again, I know I believe I believe in the tight end. I believe the tight end, Robert Tunyon, I believe he is. Um, he's a free agent, I believe. I might be wrong on that. Um, yeah, maybe Green Bay can somehow work something out with him, bring him back. Um, it's possible. And that's something they've got to work on. They've got to work on that. Now, I don't know Green Bay's plans or what they're thinking as far as the draft this year. There's like a, there's a lot of quality receivers in the draft. Does Green Bay keep Aaron Rodgers happy and go get a receiver? And that would be very interesting if they do get a receiver. I know Green Bay is trying to give Jair Alexander a long-term contract. And Jair is one of the best, one of the better cornerbacks in this league for the last couple of years. He had some injuries last year, but he has proved his worth to the Green Bay Packers and their organization and to their fan base. And I'm sure he will get a pretty decent contract. He's 
شگر دل تانشاد کمیتر دل تانشوس Passing the city championship into the Super Bowl, they won the Super Bowl. Green Bay was built. Now, to be honest with you, Green Bay, they better want to win their division again this year. But then again, you got to look. If you look at everything that's lined up in this in this division, Dallas has got contract problems. They've got got their own um, cap cap space they got to deal with. I don't think Washington or the Giants or Philadelphia, I believe, can hang with Green Bay. Nobody in the division can hang with Green Bay. Without Tom Brady, I don't know Tampa Bay stands much of a chance to beat Green Bay. Then we're down to this, the best of teams in this, in this division, in your conference, I should say. Do you have, do you give the Rams, do you give the Rams a chance? I don't know. Do you give Rams a chance to beat the one team that could be an interesting pick? Could be the San Francisco 49ers. But it all depends on how much confidence the 49ers have got in one Trey Lance. Can he take them? Keep him. Can he keep him be consistent? Can he put getting? Can he take them to the next level where Garoppolo couldn't be? But to be honest with you, fans, and I hate this, and I hate to say, and I hate to be, I hate to make this sound funny or laughable or whatever you want to. Whatever you want to be, but let's be honest with you. As, as of right now, and I hate to say it, with Rogers back, Devonte back in, could this finally be? Could this finally, finally, be the year Green Bay gets over the hump? I'm certainly, I know. I'm certainly. Management and the Green Bay fan base are really believing that. But the question remains is, let's say if Aaron Rodgers finishes out his contract, what does that do for the supposed quarterback of the future in Jordan Love? Well, Jordan Love will be back in there with Aaron Rodgers for another four years. Now, there was rumors going around. Paul Aaron Rodgers was mulling over his decision. And quite simply this, I believe there was rumors that people were calling the Packers about Jordan Love. Well, now that Aaron Rodgers has been around for another four years, do teams revisit that? Do teams revisit and say, hey, since you had Aaron Rodgers around for another four years, uh, do you want to trade Jordan Love? Now, if you're Green Bay, you've got to be thinking in the back of your mind, but what if, for some unexplained reason, Green Bay does win a Super Bowl this year? Does Aaron Rodgers wipe his hands clean of all this and say, you know what, I won my Super Bowl. I'm 39 years old. Peace out. I'm gone. I'm out of here. And I say that possibility could very well exist. It could very well exist. I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers will do that, but the point is it exists. But you don't know. They get Devontae, can they get Devontae Adams in for a long-term deal? Now, if they can't do that, then it puts a lot of pressure on Aaron Rodgers. 
and the Green Bay fans, Green Bay base, that they need to win a Super Bowl. Again, getting back to the playoffs, getting the NFC champion kind of short is going to be unacceptable. And that puts some pressure on a guy like Aaron Rodgers. Because if Aaron can't do it, because if Aaron can't do it this year, will he ever will he ever do it? Because look at the NFC. The NFC is the NFC is kind of in flux. To me, I think the AFC has better teams. I can say maybe in a way the AFC has better teams than the NFC. This is the year. This has to be. This is a chance for Green Bay Packers to step to step up their game even more. You've got the court. You've got your, you've got your boy back and Aaron Rodgers. The offensive line is healthy. It's not bad. You've got a good running game. Maybe you had Devontae Adams for the rest of another year. Hopefully, you can get into a long term extension. But you got to. But you got to. You've got to find that consistent number two player as your wide receiver. Your defense. Quietly, the defense played very well last year. I'm not talking about Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. But nobody really talked about the defense that actually played well last year. With Aaron Rodgers' new contract, there's going to be ramifications. They had to get under the cap. And the defense may take a more of a hit than anything else. And then could that come to that? White Cleveland, no, excuse me, not the Green Bay Packers, back in their butts. Well, that's a good, that's a a possibility. I hate to say that that exists, but for right now, I'm sure experts are saying Green Bay, that Aaron's back, and Green Bay still won the division. They would still be a contender in the AFC. But you got to figure in the back of your mind, what is Jordan Love thinking? He's probably thinking. I'll never get a chance to start in this league. And again, do teams revisit? Do teams tug on, call Green Bay and say, hey, what do you want for Jordan Love? And I'm sure that, I'm sure, I wouldn't be shocked at all if teams start pick up the pace and ask about Jordan Love. But then again, I don't blame Green Bay for wanting to keep Jordan Love because you don't know if they somehow do win a Super Bowl could Aaron Rodgers say, enough's enough, I'm out of here. You always want to be cautious. You always want to play it safe. But teams should still ask for Jordan Love. And if they feel that Jordan Love, to me, Jordan Love kind of reminds me a lot, a lot of Trey Lance in a way. They're kind of, in a way, they're kind of built out of the same mold, I, I believe. But Trey's going to get a chance to start this year. And who knows Jordan Love will ever get a chance to start. Green Bay Packers have been very have been very lucky. They've only had two quarterbacks in the last what thirty some years or something like that. Not too many franchises can say that. But we'll see. And the Green Bay, congratulations. You got your you got your new quarterbacks back, which I'm not surprised. I've said on podcasts that I believe he would come back and he would finish his career with the Green Bay Packers. Well, right now I was correct in that statement but again now the pressure mounts Aaron's can do it he's done it in the preseason can he do it in the playoffs can he get the team back to the Super Bowl and can they win that Super Bowl because Aaron's got to justify that four year $200 million contract with a $150 million, $150 million guarantee Aaron 
This is one of those put up or shut up moments. Let's see if you can finally, finally do it. Now, we're going to discuss some, discuss some news that actually came out yesterday. And that is referring to Calvin Ridley and his suspension for all of next season for uh, gambling on football games. Now, the report, the report out there is that when Calvin was away for his mental health, and he did gamble on football while he was away from the facility, and he bet on Atlanta football games, I believe, I believe is what it was, and because of that, he has been suspended now. No coaches or assistant coaches or any players were involved in this whatsoever. Nobody knew about it. But Calvin was going to set it off 2022. I believe it was what Josh, I believe his name was Josh Shaw, former Southern Cal cornerback, I believe. When he was in the league, he did the same thing. He did something similar and he got suspended. And he did come back. I don't think he's on any NFL teams right now. And for Calvin, it's it's a shame. Calvin is a very talented ball player this past season. He's had some injuries and, of course, the mental issues, the mental health issues popped up and he went home. And now in Atlanta, Atlanta is talking about some rebuilding. Atlanta's in rebuilding mode. Maybe they need to think about getting rid of Matt Ryan because if I'm not mistaken, Matt Ryan counts for a lot off the uh, yeah, cap space for the, uh, for the Atlanta Falcons. And it's going to cost a lot of money this year. But Calvin Ridley is, it's, it's a sad situation. Calvin's a very talented ball player. Now, to be honest with you, it's like any professional sports, baseball, football, basketball, whatever the case may be, is a cardinal sin to bet. Gambling is a cardinal sin. You cannot gamble in your particular sport. And Lord knows there has been, oh gosh, Lord knows there has been issues about it. There's an issue certainly about that. I mean, we can go all the way back to the the biggest scandal in sports history, which was the was 1919 Chicago White Sox and how they threw a game, how they threw the World Series to the Cincinnati Reds. Now, being a, you know being a sports being a baseball historian, I used to, I used to read many many books, and of course I've seen the movies, the movies about about it. And um, the basis of the uh, basis in throwing the um, baseball game was simply to put that Charles Comiskey, who owned the Chicago White Sox, it was told that he was a cheap owner, basically. And he not, did not want to give his players a good, I guess, a good payday. Now, of course, back then, back then, I can only imagine what a payday, a payday was back in, let's say, 1919. Now, can you imagine... Now, can you imagine nowadays 
if you had a guy like Babe Ruth, for example, back then, what kind of contract you would get now, Babe could play, Babe could get about a 10-year contract worth about $500 million. But of course, back in 1919, people didn't have that much money. Some people did have money, but he basically said Comisco was a cheapskate and the White Sox could survive a third game. Now, not everybody on the team conspired to throw the game, but some people got kicked out of the game because they knew about it. They didn't go to management or the owner himself and say, hey, this is what's going on. And I've read that in many books, and I've read that in quite a few books. Um, and, of course, one player off that team, you all know, Joe Shirtis Jackson, one of the best outfitters in the history of the game. He was in, he was in on it. He was going to throw it. The, I've heard so many reports about Joe that he was going to throw the game, but he changed his mind. He had a good World Series, but that was not good. Yeah, but that was not good enough, and he got kicked out. He got kicked out of the game of baseball when he spent his reigning years playing semi-pro baseball. And Joe, of course, I know Joe Shoes Jackson. I've always heard the I've always read books and I've heard all those reports that Joe could not read or write. I've heard those stories. Uh, I've heard where his wife had to sign his contract for him. But a guy like Joe, a talented player as he was, he did not he could not he could never be in the Hall of Fame because of what he did. Now we fast forward many years later, and of course we all know about Pete Rose, the man who is uh, a man that uh, I certainly have a lot of respect for just by the way he played the game. But of course Pete gambled while he was the manager of the Cincinnati Reds. Yes, Pete has always denied for many, many years that that, that was not the case. But I guess there were betting sheets out there that Pete did, and Pete still continues to deny that he has done this. And Pete Rose is one of the, again, one of the greatest players to play the game of baseball. And he has the most hits of anybody in the history of this game. Now that you can never take away from Pete. But Pete certainly should be in the Hall of Fame. He should be like a first battle Hall of Famer. 90, 99.9% of votes because of what he did in this game. But he'll never get in the Hall of Fame because of what he did. Now, I know... I've always heard was a speculation that an NBA referee many years ago, I believe he betted he betted on basketball. I know years ago, I don't know, it might have been back in the early 70s. I have to think I I believe it was a 30 for 30 special on this some time ago about a couple of um college basketball players, I believe they conspired to throw a game. Now now Calvin Ridley, of course, this is Calvin when Calvin Ridley bet betted on bet on this team, he was not a he was he did not play the game. He was away. He betted he betted on his team and probably you know, maybe some other other teams other games as well, I'm assuming. Now one of the reports I've heard about was that he bet on the Atlanta Falcons. And you would think that any port I know nowadays it's like now Gambling has gotten into the mainstream. I mean, you think about it. Take a look at what's out there. You got what FanDuel. You got MGM. You got so many ones. So many other gambling sites that are out there. 
that it's hard to, I guess, what I'm trying to say, it's hard not to want to gamble, right? The players know that. Any, any athlete knows that you cannot bet on your particular on, on your particular field. You can't. Calvin Lee knew that, and so did guys like Pete Rose and company. They all knew that. But they did it anyway. Now, we're going to assume that Ridley's going to sit out this year. Now, we're assuming Ridley may, may heal. We're going to assume that Ridley will have a chance to come back, possibly in 2023. And I'm sure people are calling Atlanta's office right now, knowing full well this could be a possibility, and they may try to get Calvin Ridley and stash him on his team. Now, it's not a bad move. It's not a bad move on the team's part. But of course, you, but again, we'll have Atlanta Falcons under the barrel. Somebody's going to say, well, we'll take Calvin Ridley off your hands. Or we're going to give you this for a guy that's a talented player like Calvin Ridley. And I believe that's what's going to happen. Somebody's going to look and say, well, we'll give you a, a fifth or sixth round pick in the case. We'll take him off your hands. We'll only give you a fifth and sixth round pick. Atlanta might say, you know what? Here, take him. Now, if that happens, then I got to say, whoever does that, if that possibly happens, that's going to be a steal of a deal. If really it comes back in 2023 with, with a new lease on life, gets his, you know, he, gets a mental, his, he gets the mental health, that help that he needs, and things turn around. He comes back to football, and he puts up those 1,000 yards, 10, 11 touchdown seasons. Then somebody does that, and somebody's going to look a genius for doing that, without a doubt. But that becomes a thing. Now, somebody made a pretty good point. People are, there was a guy, there's a guy who put it on um, Chris Mortensen's Twitter page, I believe. It was as of yesterday when this came out. And in a way, the young, the young man who, Put this out there. I don't know the young man's name, but he did put a point out there, and he did make. And I had to kind of laugh at it. It does make some sense. He says people are jumping on Calvin Ridley's case because he's been on his team. He said, but yet you got reports coming out of Miami that Stephen Ross wanted Brian Flores to throw throw games because he wanted Joe Burrow for the Miami Dolphins, yeah, as a first-round draft pick. They, they, get a, they, they lost so many games, they could have had the first pick in the draft and could have gotten either Joe Burrow. And to a point, and to a point, the young man does have a pretty good argument. I mean, to me, to me, see, if, if, if the reports are true, and Stephen Ross did have one Brian Flores to throw the games, yeah, to me, that's far worse than Calvin Ridley betting on his team. Now, I'm going to call a spade for what it is. I'm a verbal spade. But you can't tell me that some players in the NFL don't bet on football games because I would find it hard to believe. That's like, that's like for years and years, college football. And to me, it's probably it's still going on to this day, but it's kind of kept under the rug, I guess, if you will. That's like back in the day, where if there was a, 
a good football player. I mean, everybody, everybody knows the the S the SMU stories. Well, they're different than Craig James and what was promised. And I think um, if people remember Marcus Dupree, running back of Oklahoma, Oklahoma Sooners, many years ago, there were situations where that they were promised they were either you know given a car or something by a booster just to come to their university. And there's many, many stories. Those are just some stories, but I'm sure there's many sto- other stories out there that have never been told. Well, this situation is very simply put. I find it hard to believe that there's not a, a team or a player out there that doesn't bet on football. Maybe they kind of maybe they, maybe they keep it hush hush. They even keep it more secretive in some way, shape, or form than Calvin Ridley did. Now, I certainly wish. I certainly wish. I certainly hope Calvin gets help with his you know with his men you know with his mental issues. I hope he does. And I hope Calvin has learned from this mistake. And hopefully in 2023 that he will, hopefully he will get reinstated. And to be honest with you, Josh Gordon's got reinstated 500 times already. Then I'm sure, I'm sure Calvin really should should get back in. Now, it would probably have been worse off if Calvin had cut in his games and let's say he accidentally dropped the pass or something like that, and that was found out. Then that would be a totally different ball game. Yeah, then that would be totally different. But Calvin knew knew deep down he shouldn't have bet on on these teams, bet on football. Now, granted, he was away from the facility, and I get that. Some people are going to say that. But the problem is, he was still part of the Atlanta Falcons organization. And the bottom line is, he shouldn't have bet. Now, I will say this, and I do agree with the young man on the Twitter page. To me, what Calvin did is probably doesn't feel as bad as what Stephen Ross may have may have done as as a coach to fill a game. Now, if that is true, then Stephen Ross certainly should not be coaching any, should not be owning any any NFL team or any franchise for that whatsoever. Calvin Ridley, I wish Calvin the best, the best in the world. I hope he gets back on the field because he's a good, he's a he's a talented player, and I'd certainly love to see him back on the field. Now, people have been pulling the old franchise tag out here today or the last couple of days. Uh, Devontae Adams has been franchise tagged by the Green Bay Packers. Chris Chris Godwin has been franchise tagged a second year in a row by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, the thing with that with Godwin, I mean Godwin is coming off an ACL injury, and well, I don't know how healthy he's going to be during preseason. But you have him back with Mike Evans. But then again, you've got no quarterback. I mean, the running game is not there. Not there. Another one, Jesse Bates, safety of the Cincinnati Bengals. He's going to be a franchise tag as well. To me, that was probably a no-brainer for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Jesse played well. Had, didn't have that great of a year this year. 
but he played well in the playoffs and he's been a solid he's been a stable player for the Bengals since he came from Wake Forest. Cause it was a no brainer. There were some teams that were I guess were put had I guess had no choice. For the Dallas Cowboys, the franchise tag David Schultz. To me that was a situation where they didn't have a choice in the matter. Because as of right now, you've got C.D. Lamb as about your, your biggest weapon. And you, they need to bring David Dalton, yeah, Dalton Schultz back. And I'm sure Dak is happy. Uh, I know Dak and I believe Zach Martin had to restructure their contracts so they can free up more money. I guess there was one surprise. Was it David Manuk, tight end for the Cleveland Browns? He is coming back to the Browns. To the Browns. To me, in a way, that was a little bit of a surprise because you got Hooper. He is still under contract. He has really hasn't played. He really, to me, has been a bust for the Browns since they brought him in. I know they got Bryant, a, a young man they drafted, I think, a few years back who has showed some signs of promise. But again, I'm kind of surprised they, they brought him back. He actually did play well towards the end of the season. I believe he's only, what, 25 years old, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, uh, towards the end, Baker seemed to seemed to like him and trust him towards the end of the season. So I believe it's going to be it'll be interesting. Those are you know some of the ones that are off the top, off the top of my head. I know um, the Jacksonville Jaguars franchise tag Cam Robinson for a second year in a row, and Cam last year some people said it might have been the best of his might have been his best performance. His best year of his career. It wasn't great, but it was the best. Now, and some people are saying that maybe Neil, the offensive tackle from Alabama, some people said he they still might get drafted. He might maybe maybe Cam can move to right tackle, or maybe Neil, if they draft, maybe he'll move to right tackle. But that one, to me, that might have been a little bit of a shocker as well. Now, as I stated earlier, there was one sign, one pretty good sign. Mike Williams is going back to the, to the Chargers, which is not a bad sign. Mike, though, played, had the best year of his career, but Mike has had a history of, inju- of, inju- of injury problems. But in a way, the Bolts needed to bring Mike Williams back. Grant, you got Keenan Allen, you got Mike Williams. You still got the, a good set of young se- receivers. I like you know Josh Palmer. He played well the last couple of games of the season. Guyton's got some upside. So, I mean, the weapons, now I know the tight end is some position they're going to have to work, maybe work on a little bit. I think Jared Cook's a free agent. I don't think Jared's going to come back to the Chargers. You never know. I don't think that's going to happen. Chargers may go draft a tight end. There's a few lurking, lurking draft. But, again, they're not They're not going to be Antonio Gates-like, even Travis Kelsey or George Kittle-like player. I know one guy, um, maybe you bring in a guy like CJ for the Bengals. Yeah. Maybe you sign him to a contract. I think he could be a nice little fit for the Chargers. I'm sure the, I'm sure the Bengals would love to bring him back. Bring him back, but who knows how it's gonna go. I know the Bengals have are looking for offensive line help now. Again, right now we are not into heavy, heavy into the free agency. But again, We're now getting him. We're getting into the people. We're getting into the 
franchise tagging this person and that person. Devontae Adams wasn't a, wasn't a no was a no brainer. Dalton Schultz, I don't think the Cowboys had a choice but to bring him back. There were some surprises. There were some surprises as of right now. I don't think Cam was a huge surprise for Jacksonville. Because again, you gotta do the best you can to get all your help for your franchise quarterback Trump Lawrence. And then well we'll see. I'm sure there's more. There's more to come. I know there's people out there. I know teams are looking up and down. And they're looking to see what guys can be a franchise tag, what guy they can get their hands on. They believe can help help their ball club and get them to the playoffs. But now we'll see. Certainly see how, how it how it all goes all all goes from here. Before we go, I'll mention a I'll mention one last thing about the combine. We all know about the receivers, but gosh, did you check out some of these corner cornerbacks as well running Blazing speeds. And then you had defensive line. You had three hundred plus pound defensive linemen that are running, running amazing speeds. It's simply amazing what today's athlete can do. I know, heck, 20, 25, 30 years ago, you didn't have. To me, you didn't seem like you had athletes like that. But today's athletes now they are simply amazing. And I'm sure with the possibility out there, some, I'm sure some um, franchises are probably thinking to themselves, maybe they're changing the draft strategies now. There's been talking, maybe the um, Jackson Jaguars, maybe they won't go get Hill. Maybe they'll go in another direction. Now, I don't know if anybody, anybody will ever have a take the strategy and move up in draft and move back into the draft. I really don't see that happening. But I just had to mention, man, these athletes nowadays are, are just killing it. I mean, the receivers, my gosh, you have receivers breaking records. You got cornerbacks that, are, that played, you know, did well in the combine. You've got defensive tackles that are sitting there running like what four, six or six or something like that. It's just simply, simply amazing. And I'm sure some people up themselves in the combine. combine. Some people shall we say, probably hurt their chances, but that's like any any year. But we'll see. I know and I have stated that on, um, I have stated that I will do, one of these days I would certainly do a uh, mock draft of my own. Um, certainly I know that the Denver Bronx, now the Seattle Seahawks will get a couple of, I'll get some first round draft picks. Now you have to readjust, readjust that, and we'll see. But I will certainly, um, at one point in time, I will certainly do that for my podcasters, not right now, but I will certainly, certainly do so at one point. Again, the last couple of days has been a busy, busy day in the NFL, and I'm sure there's going to be more and more to come. Um, I want to thank people. I want to thank you for joining my podcast. Uh, and uh, for my next episode, ladies and gentlemen, I will crack the 50th episode of this podcast. I want to thank those who continue to listen. 
and um, I'll see you again soon.